0: Welcome, welcome, Disability Law Show. John Scholes here, along with founding partner disability lawyer Savan Tamarkin and Stanford Tamarkin LLP, is where you want to go—the most positively reviewed disability law firm in Canada. If your long-term disability claim uh, has been denied cut off, or you have questions about disability claims, uh, insurance companies, how to get compensation when your rights are ignored, happens all the time, this is a show for you, you've listened to it before, stay tuned for the entire thing, and uh, you'll want to reach out anytime to Savan, a member of his team no problem. Toll free, of course, 1-855-821-5900. The website, disabilityrights.ca. There's lots of information there. There's contact there. There's links to our long-running TV show as well, so you can check all of that out. And you have the option of mydisabilityquestions.com as well, from which I know, Savan, you will pull a bunch from today. It's a free, it's anonymous website. So if you have questions about disability, you can type them in there, leave them for Savan and his team. It's also a searchable database. I keep saying that, but that's a cool part. So there may be a- A similar, if not exact question to yours has been asked in the past, answered fully. Again, going to save you some time. If not, leave it there and the crew will get to it. But I digress, my friend. What have we got going today? Good to see you. Or talk to you, anyway.
1: (laughs) Talk to you, John. Talk to you. Uh, It's been a crazy, crazy week. Uh, Tons of questions coming our way. And and again, just for any new listeners out there, we are lawyers. We are employment and disability lawyers, long-term disability lawyers. That's what my team does and we operate in three provinces in canada uh... we help people throughout ontario british columbia and alberta fight uh... their insurance companies when their insurance companies refuse to pay them long-term disability and one of the things that i had mentioned before john and i want to mention again is that many of the questions that people uh... email us about call us about are very similar type of questions should i be appealing my denial uh, is this reason that the insurance company giving me legit for why it is that they're not going to pay me? Should I be applying for CPP disability or what do I do with a difficult adjuster? And on and on and on and on. And so, you know, what we've decided to do is create a, a separate website, an FAQ frequently asked questions website that literally deals with all of these kinds of issues. So of course, people can come to us. They can call us. You know, they're welcome to email us. We give this information for free. We speak with people and give them this information all for free. But if you don't want to speak to us for any reason, you can just go to that website. It's a new website we put up called LTD FAQ dot ca, ltdfaq, frequently asked questions dot ca. Nice. And you'll see these memos and you'll see all the information there. And again, you can also go to mydisabilityquestions.com and post your questions. So, so let me just go there right now because I think, uh, you know, that, uh, it's important to, to answer these questions and oftentimes answer them on the radio and on TV, John, because many people who are asking these questions, again, there are others out there that have the exact same questions. So this will help them. So here's one question that was posted recently from Ryan, in uh, in Toronto. He writes, "Can my long disability coverage be terminated by my employer or the insurance company while I am on medical leave?" So this is an interesting question because it begs the question: Is Ryan still is he on LTD, right. or, or or is he on EI sick benefits at this point and has not applied for LTD? So this is not clear. But let me just give you general information. If you apply for long term disability and you get accepted, the question then becomes for a person on that is under what circumstances can my LTD end? Well, it can end if you reach whatever the the uh, end date is under the policy. So let's say that your policy uh, will pay you LTD until age 65 and let's say you're 64 years old. And you remain disabled. Well, your policy will stop, right? They'll stop paying you LTD at age 65. But if you're 40 years old, as an example, or 50 or 63, no, it should not be, uh, it should not end next year. It should only end either when you reach that date or when you are no longer disabled under the policy. Now, in the case, in the case of Ryan here, his question, he's asking, can my, uh, disability coverage be terminated? Well, this is really, really important. Your employer, once you're on LTD, the employer can't do anything about that. Okay? Your company may go bankrupt. Uh, they may fire you. I mean, they shouldn't, and we'll deal with this later, what happens in that situation. Uh, they may do a whole bunch of things, but they cannot stop your LTD if you're on it. Now, if you're on EI sick benefits, can your employer actually stop your LTD coverage? Well, employers do have certain rights. They can't change plans along the way. But here's the thing. If you became disabled from working while you had coverage, okay, so let's just choose a random day, John. Let's say January 1st, 2021, you became disabled because of an illness or an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you went on sick leave. Let's say EI sick leave. Okay. We're not talking about LTD or even STD. You just, you went on EI sick leave. Uh, and then at some point, your insurance company terminated that coverage. It changed plans or they stopped providing health benefits, et cetera. Can you still apply for LTD? Well, yes, you can, because on January 1st, you still had that coverage. And as long as you still had that LTD coverage on the date you became disabled and you were unable to work, you should be able to apply for LTD and get it. And if you don't, you call us. If you get a denial, you call us or you email us and we will walk you through your options because there are always options. So again, understand this, that if you are disabled from working and you have disability coverage, you should apply and if you apply and you get denied, you let us know and we will help you.
0: Again, uh, everyone now, 1-855-821-5900 and yeah, you go to the website again, ltdfaq.com. It's really cool. There's a a menu you can select from, appeals, long-term disability, return to work, uh, independent medical exams, the IMEs, dealing with difficult adjusters, this thing's really cool. And it's like Lego. It couldn't be simpler. You just click on whatever one you want and there's FAQs uh, for you there. So man, pretty brilliant. But uh, continue on. What else? Uh, what else we got going off
1: the hop there? here? Here's another question that was posted mm-hmm. on mydisabilityquestions.com. This one comes from Zilia in Scarborough. Zilia writes, my husband's disability insurance. Ask him to apply for CPP disability. Can the insurance com- uh, company cancel his disability money? Presumably she means LTD. If he receives CPP disability. The CPP money will not be enough to live on. Well, no, yeah, the CPP disability money is very little. I think every year it gets adjusted. I think at this point now is, I think the max you can get is about $1,200 a month month, or so. But listen, I, I deal with individuals who have LTD and they get way more than that. So can you imagine a situation? Let's say that you're a high earner. Okay. And you're entitled to five, six, seven, $10,000 a month in LTD as just an example okay and and so you know you're being told to apply for CPP disability your concern is well if I get it how does that impact my LTD payments well it should not impact your LTD payments in fact if anything it could actually work to your benefit so let me break this down and by the way that website I mentioned initially Right, LtdFAQ.ca actually has a memo with a bunch of questions and answers exactly on this topic, on CPP disability, if you have those questions out there. If you apply for CPP disability while you're on Ltd. and you receive it, the government approves you for CPP disability, it means that the government has recognized, the federal government has recognized that you are disabled from working, that you have a severe and prolonged disability. This is very big. It's very big because it makes it that much more difficult for your insurance company to subsequently cut you off on the basis that you're not disabled, right? Because the government has Mm -hmm. recognized that you're disabled. That's number one. Number two, you're not going to get the CPP disability money on top of your LTD payments, okay? You're still going to get or you should get the same amount per month. So if you're getting $5,000 in LTD a month, and you got approved for a thousand dollars in CPP disability for that month. You're not getting six grand a month now. You're still getting five, except that you're getting a thousand from CPP, and instead of getting five from LTD, you're getting four because the LTD insurer is entitled to a deduction um, for, or a credit for the money you're getting from CPP disability. There is a bit of a tricky situation here for people, and this is getting into the nuanced, uh, the nuanced elements of, of the analysis, John. People who get non-taxable LTD benefits. CPP disability is taxable. And so there is a question as to what happens with that tax amount. Can the LTD insurer get the deduction for the full CPP amount, including the tax? Okay. And many insurers actually claim the full amount, which means that the person is actually left out, um, with, with that difference, right? Because the tax goes to the government. In, in any event, that's something again that is, that is covered in our, in, in our website's information. Uh, but what you need to know is that if your insurance company tells you to apply for CPP disability, you should apply for CPP disability. If you don't, chances are your insurance company will simply estimate how much they think you should be getting and then reduce your LTD monthly payments accordingly. So you might as well apply for CPP disability and there are other advantages. Again, go to ltdfaq.ca and you'll get more information about this topic.
0: Again, LTDFAQ.ca is the place you want to go. It'll jettison you right to all those topics. You can click on them and search, but you can also make that phone call, 1-855-821-5900. We can uh, squeeze in maybe another, uh, another case if you want or another uh, correspondence you had, uh, Savannah with the last couple minutes before we, uh, we take a break. Email, by the way, is help at disabilityrights.ca. Take it away, though.
1: You know, there's a ton of things, again, that come our way, um, different issues, uh, different f- federal programs, provincial programs, and people call us and ask, how do these interact with my long-term disability rights? And, and I got an email this week from a gentleman, 62 years old, he's unionized, he's a maintenance mechanic in a hospital. Uh, he had a very difficult time in his workplace. Uh, he's out of British Columbia, by the way. And, and, uh, his, his psychiatrist and therapist, he's got doctors, and they're all saying he cannot work. And he cannot work because of psychological issues, all originating from a toxic work environment. And so what he did is he applied for long-term disability because he had that benefit through work. And the LTD insurer said, no, 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 this is a work-related issue. You have to apply for workers' compensation. It's called WCB in BC, okay? The equivalent in uh, Ontario is WSIB. In Alberta and BC, it's WCB. And so he calls us, he says, but, you know, I don't know what to do here because, you know, I've applied for WCB. I don't know what they're going to say here, but, you know, my LTD payments, they would be a lot more than whatever I would get from WCB, so what do I do? And this happens a lot with people who are applying for LTD, and the question becomes you know, what is the reason that you cannot work? Is it because of a generalized condition, meaning that you have some kind of a psychiatric or psychological situation, a condition like depression, anxiety, PTSD, etc., cetera, um, which is just generalized? In other words, it's not connected to your workplace anymore. Or is it simply a situation that you can't work at your specific workplace? In other words, if we put you in a different workplace, you'd be able to, to work, no problem. Right. If the answer is that if you were allowed to work elsewhere, you'd be able to work, well, then yes, it's a WCB um, uh, case, meaning mm-hmm. that it's purely a work toxic situation. This guy is unionized, so you'd have to go to his union and they'll deal with it. If he was not unionized, we could help him with that employment issue. We could uh, we could basically argue that this is a constructive dismissal. He's been constructively dismissed by virtue of not being able to work in a toxic work environment. But here's what happens in many cases. This is important. People have a toxic work situation or they have something that happens at work, something bad, and they develop a psychiatric, psychological, or some other condition that prevents them from working, not only in their workplace where the toxic work environment occurred, but in any other workplace. In other words, they are now simply depressed. Okay, They cannot work anywhere. In that case, it can be said that the condition is now generalized it's not specific to that work environment, which means that the insurance company, the LTD insurer, must must be paying LTD benefits, right. and they can't hide behind toxic work environment, uh, you know, the, the specific condition, etc. They have to pay. But uh, LTD insurers are notorious for passing the buck and not paying when they should. So this is why I'm saying to people out there, if you're in that situation, give us a call. We'll help you through it. We'll explain this. And again. You go to that website, ltdfaq.ca. There is, there is a section that just deals with generalized versus specific conditions and when it is that, you know, you can claim LTD because of those conditions and what it is that you can't
0: short break and right back at it still taking your calls always one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. john Scholes here of course with savannah tamarkin co-founding partner uh sanfiru tamarkin llp disability lawyers you want to reach out do so and again yeah ltd faq.ca or.com they both work go there and look at the questions uh, one of them might be yours and you can spend some time on the website as well we'll continue lots more on the way disability law show global news radio 640 toronto all right. Welcome back. Disability Law Show Global News Radio. Mark, and co-founding partner, of course, in the chair answering all of your questions. You want to reach out any time to uh, himself or his team confidentially, email help at disabilityrights.ca. You can call to one You can also go to disabilityrights.ca, the website, get advice you need, compensation you deserve. Don't forget that portion from the firm that has successfully helped. And I mean, there's tens of thousands of Canadians across this country. So, uh, so, so, do that and again. Ltdfaq.ca or .com will lead you to that page as well. There's, there's, there's no excuse not to get the information, education, even when we're not on air, Savant, because you guys have opened up so many pathways
1: for uh, for people to do so.
0: But let's keep going. What, uh, what's next on your on your list?
1: You know, John, I'm just going to sidetrack for a second. Just based on what you just said, we were asked recently by by a few senior lawyers. Um, how is it that we were been able to to build the firm that we have in three mm-hmm. provinces at this point with with over 40 lawyers you know over 140 people at the firm so quickly and and i said you know we've we've taken a a, uh, a we've applied a strategy that is so uncommon so unusual for lawyers which is don't charge for the information you give out you know traditionally you go to a lawyer and you sit down with them and you have to pay for this consultation it's going to cost you 3 4 500 bucks And we simply have not done that. By virtue of these radio shows and TV shows and all this information, all these articles in the newspapers and interviews, we give out this information. Why? For one reason only. Because an educated society is an empowered society. Totally, And that's the key. When people understand what their rights are, they understand what their options are. It's like going to a restaurant, you know what the menu is, right? If you go to a restaurant, the first thing you ask is, can I see a menu? You want to know what your options are. No different than if you have some kind of a medical condition and you speak with your doctor, you say, what are my options? Same thing with the law, except that in our situation, and we've had to train many of our lawyers who are not used to this mentality, give this information out there to people. Give them, give it to them for free. And and, and by giving it to them for free, they are educated, they are empowered, and they can decide for themselves how they want to proceed. And that's one of the reasons you're seeing the reviews that you see on our websites, and that's one of the reasons why we've been able to help thousands and thousands of people across the country. So after this little rant, John, let me go to uh, uh to, to, to a, another gentleman that had contacted me. This this gentleman is from Alberta and, and he wrote to me that uh his LTD was denied because his insurance company felt that he was capable of performing his job after his knee replacement. He was off work since um late two thousand and twenty, late last year, and then he returned back a couple of months ago. Okay, so he was off work for about eight months or so, but he decided to retire shortly after he re- he returned back to work because he was simply unable to perform his duties because of his knee condition. He's in his early sixties and he's making six figures again. One of the reasons I'm not giving too many specifics in terms of the exact amount of money exactly when he was denied, et cetera, is because I don't want right. people to be able to identify this individual yep so You know, when he emailed me, the first thing that jumped at me is he tried to go back to work because he was denied his LTD. He wasn't able to do it, so what does he do? Logically, he retires. Here's the thing though. First of all, we could have probably resolved his LTD case fairly quickly in a situation like his. He's he's making a lot of money. He's in his early sixties. He's not going to find a different profession. I don't know what profession he was doing, but clearly the knee issue was preventing him. So I'm assuming it's some kind of of a profession that requires some physical uh, work. Uh, he was he was so, 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 so like I said he he was making a lot of money. Uh, he's in he's in his early sixties. Uh, the the concern that I have is by him retiring. Number one number one. Um, he's foregone any severance that his employer may have had to pay him. Okay. If the employer decided that he, w- he, w- he wanted to let him go. That's number one. Uh, so, so he, he basically let go of all of his employment rights here by retiring. And number two, he may have prejudiced his LTD claim because to claim LTD, you do have to show or you do have to demonstrate that you are actively at work, that you are employed under the policy, right? Right, and and so my concern is that if he retired a week later, uh, that could muddy the waters as to whether or not he really was disabled from working versus whether or not he simply just chose to retire because it was just time for him to retire. Do you see what I'm saying? As opposed yeah. to somebody who who you know would have tried to go back to work, and then said you know I can't because of my knee, and so therefore I'm going to have to uh, stop working and then fight the insurance company, but by retiring again, now it raises the question as to whether or not he can even make that claim for LTD. My advice is, yes, still make that claim for LTD and we'll deal with the denial. I mean, he was denied once, but I would have him now apply again. Uh, but my concern, my concern is that, you know, by retiring, uh, he has potentially created a situation where he may not be eligible or may not be able to to get LTD. And certainly, he potentially would have, um, you know, given his employer a way out by not having to pay him any severance or anything like that. So so again, you have to be careful. Before you take these kinds of, of measures, before you retire, before you do this or that, if you're denied LTD for any reason, that's when you come to our website just to read up about what your rights are, what your options are, what you can do, and, and contact us. Contact us because it's going to cost nothing to speak with us and we'll walk you through your options and you'll understand exactly what you can do. And it's just unfortunate because this person, like I said, is a high earner, a high earner. And it, there is a possibility here that he left hundreds of thousands wow. of dollars on the table, right? Or, or more aptly to say that he left that money in the insurance company's pocket because they now may not have to pay him that.
0: Again, that website, Savannah uh, keeps mentioning, is disabilityrights.ca, disabilityrights.ca. Really easy to get over there. You put help at in front of that. That will set you up with an email. And as mentioned, it's fresh and it's new. And it's another great website for you to go to ltdfaq.ca or .com. You can go there and uh, read up as well. Okay, we've still got some minutes left in this uh, segment, pal. Where are you taking us?
1: Here's another uh, email that I received. I'm going to read this out to you. Uh, it's an interesting email that deals with, with a couple of policies. And, and by the way, some people out there, you know, they may be covered for LTD through their work health benefits, extended health benefits, but some people may not be and they may choose to get their own private coverage. And some people may be covered through work, but end up getting an additional policy. And that's what we're dealing with here. So this person writes to me, I've been off work for mental health reasons since uh, March of 2020. Currently, I'm collecting LTD from my employer group benefits plan and from a personal plan that I acquired over 10 years ago. Both are with, and then he gives me the name of the insurance company. My work plan has the any occupation provision after the two-year mark. My individual plan has an own occupation protection rider. I'm going to explain this in a second, John. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then, he, then he writes, a few weeks ago, I received a letter regarding the group policy and the change of definition uh, that, that the change of definition will be effective July 2022, so mid-next year. So basically, they're giving me notice that my benefits will end in a year. I am wondering how the situation will be treated at the point where I'm cut off the group policy, given that I have both plans. I'm also wondering about whether I should apply for CPP disability benefits. I'm thinking maybe I need to get some advice, strategy to protect myself. I've been receiving constant care from multiple health providers, but I really don't feel much better when I went off. I have no idea when I'll be able to go back to work. I am at the director level in my occupation and have been with the organization for over 10 years. I will be 53 years old this September. So a lot to unpack here, okay? Number one, um, he's saying that under the LTD policy he has through his extended benefits at work, there is that any occupation provision, right? At the two year mark, the change of the, def- the change of the def- definition date, but that in his own private policy that he purchased, he has only the own occupation writer, meaning that it doesn't switch to any occupation. So let's break this down again for people who are not familiar with this. Under most LTD policies, for the first two years to get LTD, you have to demonstrate through the help of your doctors and treatment providers that you cannot perform the essential tasks of your own occupation. Yep. Beyond the two year mark, that's that change of definition date. Okay. That two year mark. It changes from any, sir, from own occupation to any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education or experience. Now that means that it's a more difficult test to meet. Because it's no longer your own occupation that you have to show you can't do, but any occupation for which you're suited for. So he's got that under the work policy, but the individual policy, he purchased a private policy, contains a writer, it contains, it's basically a better policy. It basically means that they have to pay him, the insurance company has to pay him, so long as he cannot do his own occupation. At no point does it switch to an any occupation test. Okay? So that's, it's, it's, that's a good thing to have. And for anybody out there who's looking at getting personal, private LTD coverage, check into that when you're speaking with a broker, okay? See if you can get a policy that only has an own occupation test. It's it's an, it's called an own occupation writer, okay? Now, he's concerned what's going to happen next year when there is a change of definition date. Well, the answer is really quite simple. If he's unable to work in any occupation for which he's suited for mid-next year, and of course, remember, he said at the end of the email that he doesn't know when he's going to be able to go back to work, let's assume he's not able to go back to any kind of work, well then, his work policy should continue. Both policies should continue. But if he's only unable to do the essential tasks of his own occupation, but he is able to do the essential tasks of any occupation for which he's suited for, well then, the work policy will probably stop Correctly, uh, but but his own private policy should continue. So so you, you see there is that interplay, and he's doing the right thing. And of course you know we'll be speaking with him uh, with this individual to to really go through the details of the plan. He's also asking here, or he's saying, maybe I should apply for CPP disability benefits. Yes, absolutely, he should. And in fact, if he does, as we mentioned in the last segment, and if he gets CPP disability benefits, that's going to that's going to strengthen his argument come next year. Assuming he cannot return to any occupation for which he's suited for, that he should continue getting benefits under both policies. Yeah. So, so with this individual here, again, my advice is make sure you apply for CPP disability. Make sure that your doctors continue to, to provide reports, updated reports, explaining why you cannot do uh, the essential tasks of your own occupation as well as any occupation for which you're suited for, assuming that's in fact correct. And if that all holds true and continues on, there's no reason why he should not continue getting benefits from both policies, the private one and the work one, into next year and beyond.
0: Your calls anytime, toll-free, 855 821 Want to get a hold of Savan Tamarkin, the uh, co-founding partner of the uh, firm Sanfuru Tamarkin LLP, anytime, or he'll set you up with a member of his team. And uh, reach out, help at disabilityrights.ca and ltdfaq.ca or .com as well. We'll continue Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. This is the Disability Law Show, Global News Radio. As you know, Savannah Tamarkin is uh, doing the show today solo. Co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed disability law firm in this entire country. How's that? you want to check it out. uh, The information is there to back up what I just said. Reaching out, 1-855-821-5900. The website is mentioned several times. DisabilityRights.ca, and sometimes, in fact, quite often, Savannah, you pull a lot of questions, and we talk about them here on the show from MyDisabilityQuestions.com, so you can do that, uh, do that as well. Okay, let's go. We got, uh, we still got uh, some time left here on the show.
1: John, here's a, here's a question that I, I received, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and again, I'm sure many people out there would would probably have the same kind of a question. So the the the, the subject line from this individual was: Can insurance companies stop you from doing other non-employment work? Mm. And here's the body of the email: I was told, in quotes, if you can volunteer on a board of directors two hours a month, then you can work full time. Wow. In quotes. And then he continues writing, he says, if you can do anything, volunteer, you can work. Is that even true? If your doctor wants you to stay involved in things for your mental health. And then he signs his name. Ugh. This is, this is quite interesting, right? Because, you know, and he didn't tell me here what his illness is or his, the nature of his disability. He didn't tell me anything. It's just a very general question. He says, my doctor thinks it will be good for my mental health. So let's assume for a second that, that he has a mental health issue that's preventing him from working in his, his own occupation or any occupation. But he wants to volunteer, let's say for a couple hours a month on some kind of a board of directors type of a situation. Sure. Okay. So. The insurance company then takes the position. If you can do that, well, then you can work full time. I mean, what a bunch of baloney. <laughs> if you, John, if you can do something on a voluntary basis, two hours a month, does that mean you can actually do your job? Of course not. It's just, it's complete nonsense. Uh, especially in a situation like this where the doctor has actually told him it would be good for you to actually do this. It would be beneficial. For you, you may actually heal faster, so you would think the insurance company would be embracing that no right because the insurance company wants the person to get back on their feet and back to work H- here 's the dilemma though, and this is the reason why I 'm bringing this up. Insurance companies are, are going to smile when I say this, and i, I don 't intend on making them smile, but I just I want to be pragmatic. You know when I train young lawyers uh, and I know Lior does the same thing on the employment side. I often tell them that you can be the best lawyer in the world and that you can make the best legal arguments, you can stand up in court, you can go to the Supreme Court, you can be just you know, the the superman, superwoman of, of law, of whatever area of law. But if at the end of the day you are not keeping your clients interests in mind, then it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. We are here to provide a service for individuals who are in distress, who have major problems, major legal problems, and I always, when I give advice, I always keep two things in my mind. I keep the legal advice in my mind, and I tell my client, here's my legal advice to you, and then I look holistically at the pragmatic answer. In other words, I tell my client, this is what legally your rights are, but this is what you you may want to think about from a pragmatic and practical way. You know, think about it this way. Um, I remember when my mother was very sick with cancer uh, and we went to the various doctors in the various hospitals across Ontario. I remember that most doctors were saying, yeah, you got to get this treatment and this treatment and this treatment and all these treatments were going to make her life miserable. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one doctor who said, you can get all these treatments, but what is that going to do for you at the end of the day? Right. Maybe it will prolong your life by a few weeks or a few months, but you're going to be miserable. That doctor got it. It's the quality of life. It's the same thing here. I can tell a client, and I've done this before, your rights are that you're owed another $200,000. But my client understands that if they don't resolve their claim now, they're going to lose their house. So they rather take a discount now. Now, let me bring this back to this question here. This gentleman is calling me or emailing me and telling me, my doctor says it would be healthy for me and good for me to volunteer for two hours a month on this board of directors. But my insurance company tells me that they believe that if I do that, that means I can work. Well, that means that they're going to cut them off LTD. Right. So my response to this person is this. I think that you should be legally allowed to volunteer those two hours a month, especially if it's good for you and your doctor says you should do it. But that may practically lead to the insurance company cutting you off unjustly. But it may still do that and you're going to have a much bigger problem on your hands. So you have to decide. I'm giving you the legal advice. The legal advice is, I don't believe the insurance company is correct in saying that if you can volunteer for two hours a month, then you can work. Clearly, that's not true. But they're going to cut you off, most likely. And of course, we can help you, but again, it means you have to hire us, and we have to go through the whole process. Or you can take the more pragmatic approach and try something else that will benefit you from a health standpoint. And not do something like volunteering on this board of of directors. That's going to lead to the insurance cutting cutting you off. Do you see what I'm saying, John? There is that practical advice, and I often tell people that, and you know, people appreciate that because I'm not just taking a very kind of a binary approach of saying here's what you can do legally, and that's that, and that's what you should do. No, I'll tell you what I think your options are from a legal standpoint, but I'll also tell you here's what I think you need to consider on the practical side. Because, you know, if I can avoid you having more stress, if I can avoid you having your insurance company cut you off benefits and needing our help to fight them, I, I will do that, right? It's not to my benefit. We would like to help you, right? That's mm-hmm. how we make a sure. living. But I would rather you not be in that situation in the first place. And we do the same thing when we do employment consults with people who are having yeah. difficulty at work. So, so that's the answer here. The answer is he, he can, he should be able to legally volunteer and the insurance company should not be able to cut him off because of that, especially if it's only two hours a month and the doctor sure. says he should do it. But if he does that, he may be in a situation where he's gonna you know, he's gonna to have to need us, you know, to fight the insurance company. So my recommendation is consider that before in fact you you, you proceed with volunteering.
0: Toll-free, 1-855-821-5900 and help at disabilityrights.ca. You have uh, frequently asked questions, FAQs. You can read those as well. That is ltdfaq.ca or .com as well. We'll continue. few minutes to go here. Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. Welcome back. Disability Law Show. Co-founding partner, Savant to Mark, and your host, of course, again this week and answering all of your questions. Uh, a, a few different ways you can get some questions to Savant, and, and he'll spread them out to his team as well to get back to you. Really quickly, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's the email, one 855 821 and mydisabilityquestions.com, and recently put together ltdfaq.ca or .com. It's exactly what it sounds like. You go there, it'll lead you right to an FAQ. A uh, bunch of boxes, you click on each one that uh, is uh, customized to what you need to know, and you can read whatever's in each box. Again, ca or .com. Okay, a few minutes to go, pal. Take it away. Don't want to waste any more time.
1: Absolutely, John. So I, I want to talk about something that we've talked about before, uh, and I actually have a few emails dealing with this, but l- l- let me just tell you about one of them here. So this individual here who contacted me uh, worked for a company for just almost two years as a building operator. Um, yeah, sorry, uh, building operator. He's 60 mm-hmm. years old, making uh, close to 60 grand a year. In May of last year, he informs his employer that he's diagnosed with osteoporosis. O- osteoarthritis Right. Can- can't speak today <laughs> uh, he continued to work after this in April of this year okay, so almost a year later the pain from the osteoarthritis which is getting worse started to affect his work and he was unable to complete his duties the employer made accommodations they hired the company to do his cleaning duties so he could focus on fixing mechanical issues in the building but a month later he's terminated without cause and offered four weeks in severance He's now on EI sick benefits, and he wants to know if he can apply for LTD because he had those benefits when he was employed. And again, I actually received this past week about three other emails from individuals with similar situations. And what I mean by that is that they were let go from their jobs because they had issues doing their jobs because of a disability. And so their questions are, okay, I've been let go from my job. Can I apply for long-term disability? Uh, And the reason they're asking, by the way, John, is because when you let go from your job, many employers will stop your extended health benefits. So so your health coverage will end. And so the question is, okay, my health coverage just ended. Can I, though, go back in time and apply for LTD? Because that was really the reason why they fired me. I couldn't do my job because I was disabled. So, so, uh, number one, if you are disabled from working, if you can't work don't wait until getting fired don't wait until something happens. apply for short term and or long term disability as soon as you need to okay and there's no need to kill yourself at work. I know many people out there they want to work it's admirable it's great, but if you're doing damage to yourself to your health, you know you should be careful that 's why you have this kind of coverage for right it's, it's to cover you so you can get better and get back to work. but for those individuals like this person here. Who clearly became disabled because of osteoarthritis and, and I have other individuals who had other issues and then they were let go from their jobs while they were sick and, and they want to know if they can apply for LTD. The answer is yes, yeah. because we're not looking at when you apply for LTD. We're looking at when you became disabled. If your doctors confirm in writing that your disability arose, in other words, you could, the period of time, when you were unable to perform the essential tasks of your own occupation, was while you were still employed and had that LTD coverage, that's that date or that's that uh, uh, period of time that is relevant to the claim. That's when you put down that you became disabled. And during that time, you had coverage. And so therefore, your LTD insurer should cover you. Right. And if they don't for any reason, then of course insurance companies, they give you a whole slew of reasons for why they're not going to cover you. But if that happens, you come to us or again, John, you go to that website, uh, ltdfaq.ca. There's actually a memo there just dealing with reasons for denial and the kind of reasons that we see on a day, uh, on, on on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Pe- now, I was going say wanted- people
0: should be prepared because it's going to come eventually.
1: Oh, it's going to come, 100%. 100%. hundred yeah. percent. But one thing I was going to say here is that if you're terminated while you're disabled, again, and you're applying for LTD, again, you need to speak with us because we have employment lawyers that can help you with the termination aspect, make sure that you get what you're owed. But also, if you're disabled and you let go from your job, that means that the, insur- that the, the, the your employer may have violated your human rights. That's Under the human that. rights code, they cannot let you go if you are disabled individual. But that could impact how much you get from LTD. So again, there is all that interplay. And again, if you go to that website, ltdfaq.ca, you will see a memo there that deals specifically with that interaction between employment law, your rights in employment law, and your rights in LTD law, and what you need to know. And of course, reach out to us at any point if you have any questions. We will not charge you anything for speaking with us.
0: Yeah, just have a chat. Uh, really, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the uh, the way to do that. And you know, I know we mention this every every so often during the show, but it's 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 worth mentioning again that once you guys are involved and once someone needs you and hires you, I mean, the phone calls, the irritation, the agita just stops from the insurance company because they cannot contact your clients at that point, right?
1: Yeah, that's a major thing. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. when I speak with individuals, family members, and I tell them, this is what happens when we when when we get hired to represent somebody against an insurance company, the insurance company is not allowed by law to contact that person anymore. They have to go through us. So just imagine just that alone, <laughs> of not having to, to to get those phone calls and emails and letters from your insurance company, that many people feel is actually making them worse every time they feel like they're taking a step forward with their health. The insurance company, the adjuster does something or says something that puts them two steps back. Well, when we get involved, that ends because we are now that wall between you and the insurance company and we push back. If they
0: have a bad adjuster, can they do something about it? You just mentioned that. You know, sometimes the adjuster is not, maybe not harassing you, but they're not that easy to deal with.
1: As it happens, John, we have a memo on that on that website. (laughs) No, because these are common questions. Absolutely, you can. 100%. There are a whole bunch of things you can do. I mean, there are many things. Uh, and number one, you can speak with the, uh, the case manager and you sure. can request a different adjuster. Uh, the one thing that I say all the time, I know James says it too on his show. You need to document your conversations with your adjuster, every conversation in real time. Okay. So let's say the same day that you spoke with the adjuster on the phone, you need to email the adjuster and reiterate, here's what was said. Uh, you know, during our conversation. A- and if you feel that the tone of voice is, is not appropriate, if you feel that the adjuster is being consenting to you or bullying or harassing, call them on that. If it gets too much, you reach out to us and we will speak to you about your situation specifically. You know, we've dealt with all of these insurance companies. The one thing I can tell you, these insurance companies know us and they understand that when we represent someone, it's a serious case. So we built our reputation. So there are options, there are things you can do. The one thing you should not do, absolutely not do, is take it. Because every person out there is a human being. And they should not be bullied, they should not be harassed by the same insurance company that is supposed to be helping them. Right, That's the thing. We have to remember that. This insurance company that you have coverage with, they have a fiduciary duty to you as an insured person. It's not just me saying it. The courts have said that. Judges have said that. These insurance companies know it. But once in a while, you have a stupid adjuster that doesn't (coughs) get that. And there are ways to make them understand that.
0: And that'll do it for another day. Toll-free reaching out, as we mentioned, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred disabilityrights.ca. Help at disabilityrights.ca. And as we just mentioned, frequently asked questions, you have a ton of them. There's now a resource for that as well, ltdfaq.ca or .com as well. And we'll catch you next time. Disability Law Show, Global News Radio.